Y'all do a wonderful job. You may be seated. God is good some of the time. While they were singing that song, this coming to me, and I'm not a prophet. I don't claim to be a prophet. Uh, but this came to me in my spirit just while they were singing that. There's going to be a revival in the church of America shortly. And revival is going to be a revival of rededication. It's going to be Christians who are sitting in churches of America backslidden. And those people are going to come back to the altar. I just saw this week, and a lot of you probably don't know what this is, but um, there's a girls' school in Nashville called Harpeth Hall. It's an all-girls school. It's 152 years old. All girls. It costs $32,000 a year to send your daughter to that school. High school. This is high school. Two weeks ago, the administration of that school came out and said this. We're going to start allowing boys who um, identify as girls to come to this school. Only in America. But you know what happened? The parents of that school stood up and, and raised so much hell. And you know what changed their mind? It wasn't because the parents are raising Cain about the, the boy going to school or whatever. Money. Money was pulled from that school, so they changed their mind. So I'm telling you, the church has got to start standing up for what is right, bless God. Now, I've said this so many times. I love every one of you, and I love everybody. But God did not create... He created Adam and Eve. And He told them to reproduce. Adam and Steve cannot reproduce. So that is an abomination to God. And God wants to save those people. Bless God. So that's my little speech this morning. Um, We'll get ready to go home. But I was going to minister on living on living on yesterday's manna. You know, after being in the ministry for 32 years, I found out the number one thing uh, that people deal with, I'm talking about Christian people deal with. And not only Christian, but everyone. You know, the number one problem they deal with is their past. They will not let go of what they did, who they were, all of this stuff, and they dwell on their past, and that determines where you're going to end up on your future. You know, I grew up a little, uh, and the Bible says death and life are in the power of our tongue. I grew up in, in, in a situation where, uh, now none of y'all know what this is, but I grew up in the, in the 
in the fifties, and so we had no running water in the house, no electricity in the house. We grew up very poor. Five of us kids on a seventy-acre dirt farm in Bellevue, Tennessee, and so I know what poor is. I've been there and done that. But I can remember as a little boy, probably when I was about 11 or 12 year old, I remember standing on the side of that hill one day, and I made this statement. If I ever get off of this farm, if I ever get off of this farm, I will not be poor anymore. I'll never do without anymore. And thank God, through the mercy of God, God has seen me through all of this. Let me tell you something. We don't have to live in our past. We don't have to dwell in the past. And because your past, let me tell you something. If your past, I I wrote this down this morning. Dwelling on your past failures is like watering weeds. They just keep growing. And you keep dwelling on it. And, 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 and it's just keeping bigger and bigger and bigger. It's finally we say, look, I've had enough, bless God, ain't gonna take it no more. God's got something better for me. Now we look in the Bible in Genesis this morning, in the 44th, 41st chapter, and we see a story of Joseph. Now you know Joseph in the Bible, if you read the Bible in Genesis, Joseph, uh, was sold into slavery by his brothers, his own family sold Joseph into slavery. And Joseph ended up in Egypt at Pharaoh's house. But because Joseph had the favor of God on him, God promoted him in a situation where he was supposed to be a captive. The Bible says this in verse 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, he was, he was interpreting dreams. There is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be ruler over all my house, and you shall rule all of my people according to what? Your word. Pharaoh had turned the whole country over to a little boy who was, who was captive by his brothers, and he said, only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt, bless God. That's where Joseph came from, sold into slavery by his brothers. And you know what Joseph did? If you'll read the story, when it got down to the end, he helped his brothers. He didn't hold no bitterness. He still helped his brothers when they were in need. But look what what Joseph said here in verse 50. That's why you, here's, here, he said, I'm not going to dwell on yesterday's manna. In verse 50, Joseph, the Bible says this, And to Joseph was born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asetta, the daughter of Porah, Pirah, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph had two boys. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. That word Manasseh means, for God has made me forget all of my toil and all that was in my father's house. Manasseh means, I will not remember any more of my past. Then the name of the second son was called Ephraim. And Ephraim means this, for God has caused me to be fruitful 
in the land of my affliction. Let me tell you something. When we serve God, I don't care what kind of hell goes on in the earth. I don't care what kind of hell goes on in Washington, D.C. If we'll serve God, God will take care of you. He'll promote you. And He'll take care of your family, bless God. When we line up with the Word of God, God will cause you to be fruitful in a famine, bless God. And he said, because he was fruitful. Now, we go on, and, and we're not going to go any further on that story right there, but we see that Joseph now becomes the head of all Egypt. Then they have a famine in the land. God had told him it's going to be seven years of famine. But you know what they did? Joseph had enough insight with God that when God is spoke, God, Joseph started gathering up the grain, the wheat, and all of this food, and store it up for the seven years of famine. Now, I've shared with you in this church here many times. I've told you this. Let me tell you something. I believe, this is me personally. Now, some of you can't do it. That's fine. But you shouldn't have to let the world dictate when you go and get something to eat. You should store up in your house. I've, I've told you guys this for years now. Let me tell you something. I do all the shopping and I run everything in my house. I do all the shopping. I run the vacuum. I run the, let me tell you what my wife did. Let me tell you, my little wife, she's ill this morning, not feeling well. Let me tell you what she did the other day. Now I love to do that. Um, we were sitting in sitting in the living room uh, yesterday morning, and the problem with our insurance, and she wanted to go back to her dentist, uh, and he don't take the insurance she's got now, and she needs her teeth cleaned, and da da da. I said, look, I'm not going to go all this health spring, all this other kind of stuff. But anyway, I said, look, Becky. She said, Herbie, why don't you call and see how much a dentist is going to charge to clean my teeth because we have to pay out of pocket. I said, I don't care. I'm not calling the dentist. I said, let me tell you something. I, I could care less what it cost. I said, I'm going to pay to have your teeth clean, and it don't make no difference. I'm going to do it. And she sits over there, and she starts crying. She said, Herbie, you're just so good to me. Let me tell you something. Fifty-five years ago, I said, for better or worse. I take it seriously, for better or worse. And then so, yeah, I, I, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling I, I like to do it. I do the cooking. I do. I wash the dishes and all this kind of thing. Then she came up with this idea. I'm just taking a little rabbit trail. Then she came up with this idea. Said, Herbie, I've had this idea. I woke up this morning and I've got this idea. Why don't we take the dishwasher out, and, 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 and I can have Canaan, our grandson, I can have Canaan make some shelves where the dishwasher is where we can store more stuff. I said, now let me get this story straight. I'm going to take the dishwasher out that washes the dishes. I said, now what am I going to do? She said, wash them by hand. I said, let me tell you something. I don't know what kind of narcotics you're on. But I'm going to tell you something. You need to get rid of them, bless God. 
Because that is not happening. I am not getting rid of my dishwasher, bless God. But anyway, that's a little side story. Now, anyway, but I'm telling you that God is going to bless us. He's going to bless His people. And when you hook up with God, He's going to bless you. He's mandated by the Word. Bless God. Bible says, Philippians 4, 19 says, My God shall meet all of my needs according to His riches and glory. What you need, God has got. Bless God. Psalms 37, 25 says this, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. God will take care of you if you are faithful. Let me give you a little, can I give you another little story? Becky and I went to Panama in 19, we went as missionaries over in 1990, I guess it was. Anyway, yeah, about 1990. Anyway, uh, I was I was preaching in a little Baptist church one night before we started feeding the children up in the mountain. I was preaching in a little Baptist church one night, and it's the strangest thing that happened in in this church. The church had um, uh, they don't have air conditioning, but they they build a church where there's about three foot of opening all the way around the building for the air to circulate, you know, it's because it's so hot. And I got up to preach that night, and I didn't know these people. They were named Enrique and Lupe Sanchez. They were in that church that night. And so I got up to preach that night, and as I get up to preach, there's a big cross on the church wall. As I got up to preach that night, there was three white doves that flew into church, and they landed on the cross, and they stood, they sat on the cross the entire night because we got through about 11 o'clock at night. Now, we're not going to go to three today, but we had, we had, we had church over there. Those three white doves sat on the cross. I'm preaching. I don't know these people. And so I get up, and I give an altar call. This lady comes up to accept the Lord. It's Enrique, who later I find out became our good friend. It's his wife. She comes up and accepts Jesus as her Savior. We pray for it. As we get ready to go home, Enrique comes up to me, and he speaks excellent English. And he says, uh, Brother Herbie said, I don't know what you've done to my wife, but tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, I want you and Brother Rojas to be at my house to explain what happened to her. Well, I mean, I don't know these people, so I, 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 I go to their house. Brother Rojas and I go to their house the next night. We got a meal, and we're there talking. And so Enrique says, I don't know, said, something happened to my wife, and when she got up, she got to floor ministry. Well, y'all don't know what that is. But anyway, um, she had the floor ministry. She got up, and she started speaking a language that was not Spanish. But anyway, make a long story short, I go to their house, and I tell Enrique, I said, we're coming back to Panama, and we're coming back to feed Indian children. 
Here's why God will take care of you when you do what God tells you to do. He said, Brother Herbie, he said, when you come back to Panama, my house is your house. My car is your car. He said, you'll never pay for nothing as long as you're in Panama. God made a way and sent a man that I didn't know to sustain us for many years. And, you know, I, 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 at, at time, I, we would go out to eat, and I'd want to, I, we had very little, we didn't have any money. We had very little money. Never allow us to, to pay for anything because God made a way in a foreign land to take care of us. Then we come back here. Uh, you know the story. We came back here in 1997 with $42. $42. Becky and I had $42. I had a house here that I had people renting it out uh, that uh, was three months behind on the rent. So I, I go to work. I got $42, and I go to work. We buy a little building up here in Portland um, just on my signature. $65,000, just signed my signature in the bank and let me have that little building right up here in Portland, still here today. After 25 years, you wonderful people sitting here, and we've had a lot come through. I've had devils come through here. Now, y'all are angels, but I, I've, had some, I've had some rough ones come through here. September the 18th, after 25 years, this church is totally paid off, and the property is worth $2 million by the county. Because when you're faithful and do what God tells you to do. But see, God starts out with nothing. You may think today, you think, well, I don't have nothing. Do you understand that in six months period of time that you're alive, you, you ladies here, I know a little bit about, about, don't know much about your situation, but I know that, that you're believing for a miracle. Some of you are believing. Some of you have got to have a miracle. But let me tell you something. God will take you from the guttermost to the uttermost. If you're faithful to God. And the Bible says this. Let, let me share one more scripture with you. I know you want to go, so i got to hurry. Already past Shoney's time. Well, see, they don't have Shoney's no more. McDonald's or whatever. I don't know what it is. Anyway. Isaiah 43. This is actually where I was supposed to start today. The Bible says this in Isaiah 43, 18. Do not remember the former things. Do not remember your past. Nor consider the things of old. Look what he said. Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Then he says, I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He said now, do not remember the former things. I'm going to do a new thing, and you shall know it. Now, this passage of Scripture 
I've heard people preach this about, uh, you know, I'm going to do a new thing. As there, there's something new coming in the Spirit. Da, 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 da. This passage of Scripture is talking about 2 Corinthians 5, 17. That's what he's talking about, that I'm going to do a new thing. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I don't know. We had a young lady that you come um, that comes with y'all. Is she here today, Samantha? Was it Samantha? Is that you, Samantha? Now, we, uh, you accepted the Lord, right? A couple, couple of weeks ago. I've been thinking about you and been, I actually... Um, I thought I had the name right, and so I actually had been thinking about you for a couple of weeks, and I was hoping you were going to come back, because let me tell you something. The scripture I just shared, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. do you understand, Samantha, that you don't have a past? Now, you can bring it up, and other people can bring it up. Now, it's, it, it, and I know that you go through, um, I guess, where they... You, I don't know how, I don't know what you do, but anyway, you do good, anyway. But anyway, but what I'm telling you is, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any, if Samantha is in Christ, she's a new creation. Now, Samantha, what happened is, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, everything that, it's hard for us to fathom that sometimes, but spiritually, as far as God is concerned, now your family might not consider it, or your friends may not consider it, but as God considers it, everything that you've ever done has been washed away. You mean to tell me every time when you walked out of here three Sundays ago, uh, Matha's name was written down in glory, and it, when you walked out that day, it was if you never sinned. So don't you dare let somebody bring up your past because you know, let me tell you, something, I ain't got no past. All I've got is the future. Come here, stand up, sweetheart. I want to just tell you here that I love you. Thank you. Now, how many preachers you go to a church will hug you and tell you they love you? <laughs> you a sweetheart. But let me tell you something. What he done for Samantha, he, the Bible says he's no respecter of person. He'll do the same for anybody. But I just wanted to share that with you, that the Bible says, Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Old things have passed away, and all things shall become new, bless God. Now, I'm going to give you one little thing here, and then we're going to leave. Don't hold on to something God is calling you out of whose fruit may have been ripe for a season. Whatever that thing is may have been filling for a time. But it needs to be left behind for something fresh and anew. God wants to do something in the church. He wants to do a new thing. But I'm going to tell you where the revival's coming. I, I, I sense this in my spirit this morning as they were singing. The revival is going to come through a rededication of the Christian people that's sitting in the church and the ones who are sitting at home. We got people who call themselves Christians and forsake the assembling of themselves together.
and that's anti the Word. God does not know them. When they call on God, He don't know them. But the Christian people who serve God, you, when you call upon me, He said, call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know of. God is going to do something special. I'm telling you, we've seen this. The church has been beat down, stomped on, and it's time that we stand up and say we ain't going to take it no more, bless God. I'm going to stand for the Word of God. I don't care if it hair lips the devil. I'm standing for God. And we're going to see God move, bless God. Let's all stand. Well, I, I got off my subject today. Roy, as you sang something, I won't, I won't ask you every head bow and every eye closed. I'm going to ask you this in this church. You say, Pastor, what you talked about yesterday's manna, leaving everything behind. And with a rededication, we say, God, I rededicate my life today, and I drop it and leave it at the altar, and I'll walk out of here today. What we need to do is ask for forgiveness. We've all, I'm number one. But if you're here today and you want to make that confession, I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm saying you say, Lord, I've missed it somewhere along the way. I want to rededicate my life to you today and serve you. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. And I want, want to ask you to come right up front right here. Don't have to join no church. As they sing, I want you to say, I make a public confession today that I'm going to rededicate my life to God, and I'm going to choose today from here on to live for Him. As we sing.